Um, what is the name of the person in Something Rotten? Just so they don't screw it up. Portia. Portia. Five, six, seven, eight. I'm Renee. And I'm Kenan. And this is Stage Notes Bay Area. Welcome to our third episode. Yes. Kenan and I, we just keep going and seeing shows. That's really all we do. That's really all we <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> all right, Kenan, what did we see? We saw Cruel Intentions at Ray of Light, Hippus Trip at ACT, and Bright Star at TMC. I have also seen Kinky Boots yes. at Berkeley Playhouse yes. twice because Keenan's in it. Yes. So we're I'm... gonna hint at it a little bit, but great. We also have some amazing guests today. We have two guests. We have Tommy Lassiter and Tori Speed, and they are super special guests to us for many, many reasons. Yes. Um Number one reason is I've known Tori since she was about Keenan's age, if not younger. <laughs> so these two amazing artists have been in our lives uh, for my life for a long time. And then Keenan had the opportunity of getting to know them when he was in Newsies at Tri-Valley Rep. Yes. Yeah. So we're excited to talk to them. They'll be coming on a little bit later. Yeah. Okay, Keenan, what show are we going to start with? Which um, Should we start with the one we saw first out yes. of this group? Okay. okay so yeah. It's kind of a while ago now, but we saw yeah. Bright Star at yes. TMC. And shout out to TMC and Dana Speed for starting this company in Castro Valley. My company, Performing Academy, worked in Castro Valley for many, many years. It's an incredible, vibrant arts community. They have a beautiful center for the arts at Castro Valley High School. And it's really exciting to see theater coming back to that area. And Keenan, it was our first time seeing Bright Star. It was. It was really good. I liked the style of it. You basically follow the life of Alice Murphy. And what's interesting about the show is it jumps back and forth from when Alice is a young teenager. And then it jumps forward like 20, 25 years um, to kind of, so you kind of see where she's at now and how she got there. And yeah. um, there's a big twist <laughs> yes. in in the plot yeah. so you you see this young boy who's about are you gonna like, spoil it are you about to spoil it um yeah. we're totally spoiling it don't spoil it i agree with daddy i don't think we should spoil this one because here's the reason it's actually one of the challenges i had with the piece i think the show is very much very entertaining if you are shocked by the twist well, then let's let people enjoy it Exactly. So I don't think we should tell celebrate. Okay, good. Yeah. Choices. You're welcome, listener. But what I'm saying is I feel like that is also the challenge of the piece because mm-hmm. you as the audience member, if you've never seen it, should should not know the twist is coming. In this specific production, it was really obvious what the twist was. And Keenan, even he, though he's 11, he guessed it at intermission. He was like, oh, so-and-so is so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, I think you're right, buddy, but let's let's watch it and let it reveal. To Keenan's credit, he guessed the what the twist was in The Sixth Sense like five minutes into the movie. Yeah. Remember that? I'm like, what are you talking about? No. Well, no, when... No, yeah, he's not he, bad at all. Nope. He goes, I see dead people. He's staring into his soul. And I'm like, is he hinting that... Goes, so is Bruce Willis dead? I'm like, God 
damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the twist in Bright Star, not yeah. quite as epic as the twist in Sixth Sense. Other than that, it's a really cool show because it's bluegrass music and they put the uh the band on stage they're and they're, in like a... they're very much part of the yeah. show. And the band was yes. awesome. Shout out to a lot of our friends in it. Tori yes. and Tommy, who we're going to interview here in a few minutes, we're both in it. And we're we're going to talk more about their experience with the show. But yes. all in all, um, we really enjoyed it. We were really excited for Castro Valley and TMC Theater Company yes. for what's ahead for their, their future. Absolutely. What's the next show we saw, Keens? The next show we saw was Hippest Trip at ACT. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was fun, huh? We took some friends. It was, yes. So Hippest Trip is a pre-Broadway sort of run or workshop that's happening at ACT. And yes. um, Keenan, what does it tell the story of? Just in like, if you had to just simplify it to one sentence. Sultrain. It's still on TV. No, no, it's not now. But it went well. It went far longer. I remember than- it. I remember it was on like Saturday mornings. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was awesome. Um, they did an incredible job. The our favorite part of the show was the design. Oh yeah, the projections and the set were were all incredible. Yeah, the stage was like glossy too. It was just you felt you really felt like you were in in a TV. Like, oh yeah, it was it was beautiful. beautiful the watch. outer ring of the stage was a TV, and these like little sections opened up at like different times yeah and they have these really cool like i shoot they look like ribbons or you know we're looking at the program right now it's supposed to be sort of the steam coming out of the train they sort of came into the audience it was you know much like what we're seeing in new york when we go see a show like yeah the set doesn't start at the proscenium the set sort of comes into the audience which is very really really cool And the projections were neat because it's um, about a TV show. They had actual projections, historical projections of the show mixed with live projections that were made like in a filter to look, you know, antique or older of the actual actors that were on stage. So it was sort of a blend. Yes. You know, it's a pre-Broadway run. So that makes sense that it still, I think, needs a little work. Oh, yeah. Uh, we felt like the book could use a little tightening up. Um, yeah. Can you explain what the what that means pre Broadway run? Because you saw it in the city, yeah. Pre Broadway. Right. So how does that work? It's pre Broadway. Like it's going to New York, or they know it's going to New York. Yeah, and they're yeah. going there. So why aren't they doing? Why aren't they doing it in New York? They do it out of town, so they have time to change it and sort of get a feel of what the audience's feedback is. So that mm-hmm. before it goes to New York, hopefully they've tweaked it enough that it, it will be successful. I did not know that. And in this That's case, something. I would be curious to see what they changed. It follows the story of Tony Cornelius, who was the creator of Soul Train mm-hmm. and his life. And he's an interesting guy. I wouldn't say, though, you in this, the way the book is written, I feel like they, they need to tweak it a little bit. It was a little all over the place. Like they follow a lot of storylines of his secretary, of his wife, of his son, and then the actual teenagers that are on the show coming in and out. It was just, I think it was too many storylines to follow. So you didn't really latch on to one. Remember how they would like run from one character to another and then pop out of these like windows? Oh, yeah. We saw it in Cruel Intentions too. The stage had levels to it. So people would pop out way up high which was cool if you're in the balcony because they're almost at your eye level 
But these dancers were doing so much that they would be dancing on stage. And then two minutes later, I would see them pop up in a completely different costume, playing a different character way up 20 feet Mm. in the air. Yeah. And they they looked kind of out of breath, to be honest, (laughs) and not in a good way. It looked like they were being pushed a little. Yeah, that also led to the diction was not the best i'd say it and why we had trouble following the story too yes you can't understand what people are saying that's sort of the issue do you remember that was the best song that was the first one no that was the last song it was the last song but it was my favorite yeah they saved the best i needed that that 11 o'clock number or that wasn't the that wasn't the 11 o'clock no it wasn't it was the finale which is not the 11 o'clock number but What's an 11 o'clock number? An 11 o'clock number is usually comes near the end of Act 2, no more than five songs before the finale, to kind of wake up the audience. And it's that big number that really wakes them up. Used to happen around 11 o'clock from how long shows were and how... Well, shows, much, shows used to start later. Well, yeah, they used to start later, but then they were also more stretched out. So it used to happen right on or around 11 o'clock and it's typically um, sort of a star vehicle number oh yeah and it also historically has shown that 11 o'clock numbers do really well through time they sort of carry on beyond the show they can be taken out of context and done more in like a concert or a cabaret performance yes so they're sort of like a standalone powerhouse number there's tons of really good what's a good example keenan go Um, Rose, Rose's Rose turn, turn Gypsy, Words Fail, Dear Van Hansen. Mm-hmm. Um, Gimme Gimme from oh, yeah. Modern Millie. Yeah, there's tons of really good ones. Mm-hmm. It's fun when you see a show to be like, ooh, what's the 11 o'clock number? And yeah. most shows yes. have an 11 o'clock number because they're following the recipe, the tried and true recipe of musical theater of yeah, what the, works. There's also I Want songs. Those are pretty, those um, build a story really well. Yeah. But yeah. Man, Keenan, you you're well on your way to your, uh, your theater degree. <laughs> yes, uh, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> okay, back to Soul Trade. We liked it. The choreography, there was so much of it. There's so much dancing. I felt like it needed to be a little cleaned up. I also felt like shows that span over decades, which Hippus Trip does, because it follows Soul Train from its beginning, from its creation to the end of its run. Um, I felt like the choreography did not reflect the decades oh the, yeah the time change as well as like the costumes did the they costumes changed. were incredible oh, yeah. but the but choreography didn't carry throughout it, the decades. it didn't if you just showed me one number without the costumes i don't think i could tell you what decade that number was supposed to be from <laughs> in the timeline and that's that's a problem because as a choreographer you really need to do your research and you need to create numbers that sort of give the essence and the style of the movement of that time. So I felt like that. Sure. So like no break dancing? Oh, no, there's there's when they get into the 90s. Actually, I thought the stronger part of the show was the more contemporary. So Mm -hmm. when they got to the 90s, the MTV era was great. I felt like the 70s style um, could have been stronger, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay, but good luck, Hippus Trip. Like, yes. excited to see where this show goes. Excited and hopefully, for... we get to say we saw it when, right, Keenan? Yes. 
Okay. So cruel intentions <laughs> was a total mom fail, everybody. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. First of all, great show. No reflection on them. Yeah. I, I have seen the movie and I thought, oh, you know, no big deal. I saw it. I should have rewatched it and done some research before I took Keenan to see the show. Keenan, we don't shy away from taking you to see a lot of things because yes. I feel like it, it, in my opinion, you can handle it. You're very mature yeah. and it's an opportunity to have some great discussions, which we have had around shows. However, Cruel Intentions, I think I went a little too far. It was yeah. fantastic. And I love my my friend, Leslie Wagoner. Um, she she was the director and the choreographer and we saw her before the show and yes. she did try to warn me. <laughs> so thank you, Leslie. You were right. But the show, um, we, we we got through it, Keens, right? We did. We, we did. did. You, are you okay? Have you, I'm have fine. you recovered? I'm fine. Okay. Good. Is there just adult content, Mommy? Yes. Is that what you're talking That's about? That's a really good um, way to put it. Yeah. The content is just a little too adult for an 11 year old but you know what that's what ray of light does best this company they really excel in pushing the boundaries the theater is right in the heart of the mission people there keenan was the only child there which also should have been assigned to me but um people are there having fun they're on a night out to see some shocking things on stage and that is what ray of light does actually an excellent job at that and this show was perfect for them what I enjoyed about it is it almost felt like you were just listening to a concert because it just, it went from one 90s song to another and it didn't even do the whole song. It just sort of touched on each song. It was really well done. It was funny and well acted. The set, tell me yes. about the set. I thought that set was cool, Keens. The set was cool. It was almost like a coliseum, like mm-hmm. a half of a coliseum. It had like three layers um just like we were talking about it has levels no yeah the style right now is everyone's making actors go Go. up like 20 30 feet in Uh, the air the third level i swear a lot of stairs backstage the first person that went up to the third level i was like whoa they are high high. they are high up um bad time to be afraid of heights in bay area community theater (laughs) (laughs) yes it was very it was very well done yeah. And our friend Eric Scanlon did all the projections. Again, yes. the projections are a big thing right now. Oh, the projections design with cool. every company we've been yeah. seeing. They had these screens on either side. And for every number, he had a cool projection that sort of helped yes. elevate the plot. And it was visually very interesting. I love a show that doesn't have a big set and big costumes and is still really effective. And this show definitely did that. You could tell there was a lot of thought that Leslie and the costumer put into it. Oh, we had to talk about the swimming pools. Oh yeah. The swimming pools in bright star. Well, bright star was a, a, like a pond, a pond, a lake. But they lit it up really well. Yeah. So we saw cruel intentions and bright star had pretty cool water effects without, without using water with cruel intentions. They had somebody bring out like those like pool ladders that like they have on the edges of pools. They were both in the pit, which I really liked. Um, yes, you just saw their upper yeah. body, so it looked like they were swimming. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, they had like must have had a bucket of water or something down there because at one point like, flipped his hair up and like water went. It was cool. oh yeah, that was cool. Um, Bright Star actually had pretty cool lights with it. They had like these like blue lights in the pit with like some like fog and smoke coming out. I really or not smoke fog. Yeah, stage fog. fog so. Stage fog. Yeah. Yeah, it felt kind of yes. like southern swampy, and they yes. like put their feet in the in down under. It was cool. Okay, let's 
move on yes. to our incredible special guests today. Yes. Welcome, Tori and Tommy. Tommy Lasseter is a born and raised Bay Area native actor, singer, dancer, and voiceover artist. He studied musical theater and cybersecurity at DVC in Pleasant Hill. Tommy has worked at many theaters throughout San Francisco Bay Area. Some of his most recent professional credits include Jack Kelly in Newsies, Shakespeare in Something Rotten, Billy Kane in Bright Star, and Prince Topher at Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Tommy will be making the move to New York by late April of 2024, where he will further pursue his dream of collaborating with fellow artists in pursuit of telling stories that bring joy and happiness to those watching. Tori Speed has been singing and dancing her entire life and performed in her first musical at age 8. Recent favorite roles include Portia in Something Rotten, Rusty in Footloose, Peggy Sawyer in 42nd Street, and Margot in Bright Star. When she isn't performing, she's doing choreography at local theaters in the Bay Area. Hi, you guys. Hi. <laughs> so we have a pretty cute Zoom going here. I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to put it in the show notes. Um, in typical musicals. theater nerd fashion. fashion, we all have playbills on our wall. Okay, mm-hmm. what playbills do we have in common? So I have Cher Show, Town, Moulin Rouge, Mean Girls, and Frozen. So that's what was in New York when I went my first trip to New York. And they're all signed. A lot of them by, like, uh, original Broadway cast. Like, Moulin Rouge was, like, still in previews when I saw it. Who did you get? Did you get Robin Herter? For for Moulin Rouge? Yeah. I got Aaron Tveh. Who signed your Frozen and your Mean Girls? Did you get? Uh, I don't. I don't think I got my Frozen signed because it was a matinee, so it was a bunch of little kids. So we just kind of went and got a chapter. Mean Girls is covered. Mean by... Girls. I think I got Erica Henningsen, and then what's her boyfriend's name? Uh, Kyle Seeley. Yeah. And then I don't remember who else. I think the only non-original Broadway was the girl playing Gretchen. It's cool. You got to get. You got to see Erica Henningsen. Yes. Keenan just took class with her. What What was your program in New York? You did? Yeah. Broadway Artist Alliance yes. and Erica was one of his teachers and it's oh, it was really full circle because I was Erica's choreographer at Camp Lindo High School. Oh uh, really? Yeah that's so that cool. Small world, right? Sure remember uh, Keenan has on his wall Newsies, Matilda, and Hamilton. Brilliant. Why do you have those three Keens? I've been in Matilda and Newsies and we are trying to go in order from the shows that I most recently did when we got him. But my parents couldn't find me. We a couldn't fun home find one. a fun home. Fun home is really hard to find. Home. So Here. we were like, "What's the next best one?" And we got Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton's a really cool poster. Yes. So. Yeah. So I've known Tori and Tommy a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> this was our last question, but now that we're on this topic, how did you meet my mom, Renee? You want to go first? Hey, you go go. first. I met Tori first. It's fitting that Tori goes first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I met Renee when I was in third grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, did, I did Seussical with uh, Little Broadway. It was called Little Broadway at the time. And I played the baby kangaroo in Seussical. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! It was I was very little. I have a kangaroo. Me too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and that yeah that's that was my beginning with Renee and then from there I just I've worked with her a couple of times since then (laughs) at your first show like that was my first like that was my beginning that was my first show that was just everything yeah so you were beginning of my theater as well oh my gosh okay wait I'm gonna sidetrack sorry Tommy we're not gonna get oh good you're good we will get to you. Okay, I'm just going to share. Now? I'm going to just do this now. I pulled up and I'll put this in the show notes. But Tori, look what I found for you. <laughs> oh no! Picture <laughs> of Tori. So this must have been the following summer after we did. Susan. Yes, it was. That was the second show I did with you, and uh, that's ta- uh, I think her name's Taylor Wade. She's it still is Taylor doing- Wade. Yeah, and uh, she went to the same high school as me, and she's also doing theater in New York now. Yeah, she's a total working actress. Yeah, that. that's so cute. And you were the that. cutest, Ado oh. Annie. And it, I remember, this was Oklahoma, and I remember, oh. like, you, I mean, you were so tiny. You still are tiny, but, like, I mean, you're oh, tall yeah. now. But you I, were so I didn't hit my growth spurt until, I swear, right before high school. I was yeah. tiny forever Rena and I being like okay so she's like the youngest littlest one are we really gonna give her 80 Annie (laughs) heck yeah we are (laughs) because sing it and you were so spunky I I love that role I would still play that role today because it's just Uh, so cute yeah you can play that role for a long time baby kangaroo uh those days have passed (laughs) (laughs) but Ado, yeah you got a lot more years for Ado. but look (laughs) that's how I'm always gonna remember that is so cute okay so Tommy how did you get your start yes so I met you we the first time we worked together was mom Mia Uh. um when I was 17 and uh but i i met you a couple of times when i first started stars uh when we were still in the other performing arts kind of going back and forth and uh for like anything goes and cabaret and we were doing rehearsals at the performing academy yeah i met we worked together during mom mio which was really fun that was like my sixth seventh show ever and it was yeah it was a blast i'm here i'm gonna show you okay i have a picture i found a picture of you in that too oh (laughs) my god (laughs) oh man that was a fun list so tommy played sky (laughs) oh i don't remember your um like swim trunks having that cool pirate um, pirate pirate shorts they're quite interesting yeah uh, <laughs> number was so cute um what was it i don't remember it's they all your love on me they all your love yeah so cute with the boys and the flippers and the and the wetsuits look at your face <laughs> <laughs> you i like don't really even remember staging that lift but it looks re- technically it looks yeah. really good we were on the ground you had us lay on the ground and then we from the ground they grab us and then we lift up so <laughs> When I met you, you were on like your six or seven show. So how did you get into theater? I was forced into theater, um, <laughs> but it was, it was a happy ending. So long story short, in high school, I did choir all four years. And my sophomore year, because they did it every other year, they were doing a musical. And um, I was more of a sports person. I was playing basketball at the time. And I was dish- I was practicing for volleyball. And I made the team. But then my teacher was like, I really want you to do this for our theater department. And uh, I auditioned with Grenade by Bruno Mars. Such a bad choice for, for <laughs> he loves me. Um, but I got George Novak and I didn't I wasn't in love with it then, but I, I had a lot of fun. But that was like my first show was She Loves Me. 
That's awesome. So you got forced by a teacher, not yeah. uh, not a pushy stage mom. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was my teacher is like, do this, please, for me. And yeah, I always need boys. Please audition. <laughs> Yeah, but you were more into basketball. Oh my yeah. gosh, have you ever played Troy in High School Musical? You'd be I haven't, but I've been pushed to. <laughs> I can I can see that. So, <laughs> but now me. you're happy. So at what point, like, what show did you feel like if the bug didn't hit you that first show? Like, what show were you like, wait, this is something I think I want to maybe do with my life? I think it was a combo of things. Uh, my friend, I think you, yeah, you know, Trevor Gomez. Mm-hmm. Um, forced me to do stars because he was like, I really want to do a show with you. I know, like, you you probably don't want to do it, but like, please do this with me. And I was kind of a spur of the moment. I was not gonna do it, and then I was like, Are they? Would they let me come to the callback? I just randomly texted him, and he's like, Yes, they come right now. And so I walked across town, like all the way to Concord, and went to this audition, and just kind of learned the material on the spot because I could sight read. And then I got ensemble for Anything Goes. And I think that was the first show where I was like, oh, my God, everyone's so good. The quality of everything's so high. And then I saw Phantom of the Opera National Tour, which is the first show I ever saw. And I was like, this is amazing. I was tearing up at the beginning. It was so good. But yeah, that's kind of it was a combo of like kind of like this is what it can be at its at its finest that moment, that moment yeah yes. stars is responsible for many many people like love falling in love with theater and going on and having great careers i mean the mm-hmm. list is very long so yes. we oh, yeah. everyone owes a lot in this area to stars 2000 interesting yes. seeing all the alumni that I, I still talk to that i didn't even do shows with but i know him because of that and we talk now yeah yes it's awesome it's great tori so how so i know you did my susical I'm not going to assume that that's where the spark happened for you, but is it like when, when did you feel like you wanted, when did you make the transition from being like a little kid who does theater to someone who's like, I'm going to make a career out of this? Well, I kind of had a couple years, like a couple years where I didn't do theater in between that. So I did Susical and I did Oklahoma and then I did Sound of Music um, out in, uh, out at a college. I don't remember what college it was. And then I was also doing competitive dancing at the time. And unfortunately, I got kind of pushed out of theater doing comp dance, which was a really unfortunate time because I did love theater, but I was like committed to comp dance, like doing competitive dancing. And then in high school, I took theater and I was I missed it so much. And then they kind of pushed me towards the musical. And I was like, this is what I should have been doing this entire time. Like, yes, I got all this dancing experience, but now it's like, I know this is what I love to do. And this is probably what I want to do for the rest of my life. So probably that re-spark and the main spark where I knew that this was my path was definitely probably I did Mary Poppins in high school, my sophomore year. And I was like, why did I stop doing this? Like, this is, <laughs> I love this. It was so fun. And I was like a little chimney sweep. Like I it wasn't anything crazy. I think I was in two numbers and I was like, I was still in love with it. So yeah, but you were probably the best chimney sweep. That's, that's the- <laughs> catch 22 though, is like, you took time to train yeah took you away but at the same time that's what makes you such a great musical theater and hireable performer now is that you have all that training yeah i i'm thankful for that those years and years of dance training because i think that's not something that every theater kid is able to get right away is starting and dance that early on um a lot of them getting into middle school and high school like 
I was training doing dance from like three years old, which I think helped my progression with dance getting into theater when I got older as well. So I'm very thankful for all that time with dancing. It was fun seeing you in Bright Star play lead. <laughs> I definitely like doing the more leading role stuff when I can. But when I was in Newsies, I was in the ensemble for that. I loved it. I do love having that ensemble track. You do a lot. But I don't know. I like being able to dive into a character as well and being able to... I love them both. Like, I have an equal love, but I think it's definitely more leaning towards the leading roles. There's that question of, will you accept ensemble? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, it depends on the show. Yeah. Well, if it's like a super dance show. heavy show, sometimes it can be fun. Depends yeah. on the team, too. I feel like I'll check that yeah. if there's like a choreographer I really want to work with. You know, Keenan, just look at Tommy's career, and that's like what is coming for you. <laughs> yes. So we saw Tommy and Tori in Bright Star. What was your favorite part of being in it? I it was so Bright Star was a brand new company. We were a new company that um <clears throat> that launched in Castor Valley this summer. And I really thought it was interesting watching a company that hadn't had people who had worked for them before and who we brought in and just having it all kind of come together and creating a whole new experience. A lot of the time when you go to a new company, it's almost intimidating because a lot of people know each other and it's it this didn't have a click yet. So it was just a really healthy environment as well because nobody really knew each other other than the creative team. But like when it came to like talent coming in, it was really interesting watching who came and who we ended up like bringing together, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. What was the demographic geographically? Where did people, was it mostly Castro Valley, Pleasanton, or did you get people from? Our our leading lady, uh, Rachel Power, yeah, she, she came from Washington and right. she stayed here over the summer. Uh, then I think, yeah, we had a couple Castro Valley locals. Brianna's technically from Boston. I mean, she lives yeah. in Boston. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She was home for the summer. You do a show that people want to do. People will come out for the material, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of part of working in the Bay as an actor. You kind of have to gauge how far you're willing to drive. I drive like an hour plus right now. Every show I do, it's about an hour drive. I'm yeah, I just did left. an hour drive for Ula too, but it was a part I wanted to play. So just yeah, it's yeah. tough, but it's part of the job. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Tommy, what was your favorite part of Bright Star? Bright Star is a special place in my heart. Um, that was my second time I've done that role and that show. I did it Lucky Penny first and fell in love with it there. And it's like one of the best stories I've ever done. I've never seen a show that the music just accentuates the story so much. Like it just makes you feel things like that. If it wasn't there, if it was a play, it would be different. I think the live bandness of it with the bluegrass is like one of my favorite parts of it is just okay. having them the music develops and it sounds different and feels different on different nights. And it's such an emotional roller coaster up and down story that it, it, it just holds a very special place in my heart and watching in the best part is hearing the audience react the way you were thinking it was going to come across. So, you know, you're doing your job as an actor because you're, you're telling the story. Do you feel like you found something different with doing it the second time? Oh. Like how was that repeating a role? Billy Kane at Lucky Penny was way different than Billy Kane at TMC, which kind of developed naturally. Lucky Penny's 100-seat theater, and TMC was 500. So 
at when some people are so close to you in a hundred seat theater, it has a different kind of vibe to it because you could do the little acting things like almost like on film because people will see it really close. Like you're this close to someone in the crowd sometimes. So you could be kind of more subtle. So my Billy Kane is a lot more realistic, not as big, uh, a little more quiet sometimes. But my Billy Kane in TMC was extroverted, uh, nerdy, giggled, had a weird laugh. Like I, I kind of played off of Margot because I imagine they grew up together. So their personalities super coincide with each other. I mean, it's kind of a bonus too when your girlfriend, <laughs> your partner in life is your partner. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put it out there. Like you guys had great chemistry because it was <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Funny enough, we like, we didn't focus enough on our characters. We being on the creative team took more time than the actual, I was lucky I played Billy before. Cause I didn't have to put too much into him. I knew the part mm-hmm. I knew what I was getting into, but we didn't have a lot of time to focus on our roles. A lot of the decisions you saw on stage in the first previews were happening in front of your eyes. Like we were making those choices. Yeah. Wow. Like, cause we, we, we know when you, you have ideas of what you're going to do and you've done them in rehearsals and, runs but you don't know what is going to what the crowd is going to perceive your choices as and if you're getting what you wanted across what jokes are going to hit yeah that's the best part of live theater right is playing off of that that cast member which is the audience yeah yes exactly can't do it till you're till you're there yeah Mm -hmm. correct Um, for people who don't know tori also choreographed bright star so tori how did you manage choreographing and also being one of the leads Margot, in bright star honestly it was probably one of the last times i will play she said i will never do this i I was a little insane for that we also had a really 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 short rehearsal we only i think we only rehearsed like a month or two six weeks yeah two months and about three weeks in we were about halfway done choreographing it and then i remember one day I was like having like a kind of production team after rehearsal. I was like, I need to remember I'm in this show as well. Like I need to start getting off book. I need to start getting my my stuff together because it's just, I've been so focused and so excited about the choreography. So time management wise, I probably could have done better or just thought it through <laughs> more, like honestly, but it was a learning experience for sure. And I, I was like proud because I was able to pull together and I was honestly shocked by myself because I was able to basically learn the character and start working with him on like comedy stuff with like two weeks before we opened because I had just been so focused on choreo but we got it and we got and we we did pretty like I feel like we did pretty well in the show so yeah you guys did awesome and your choreography was great thank you (laughs) I know that I've choreographed and played a lead in a show and it's it's a lot and did you have, like, when I've done that, I've had an assistant so that when you're up on stage, you have someone who's watching from the audience. Did you have someone help you? Yeah. So a couple years ago, I was in 42nd Street and I had a really good friend who, like, decided to audition for this. And his, his name's Ivan. He is one of the best dancers, like, that I have ever worked with. He picks up on stuff so quick. So he helped me a lot. He saved my butt. That's for sure. Which side of the table did you like better, choreographing or being in the show? Or Tommy, you too, directing, yes. being in. What, what do you guys, what's your preference? Production team or? Mm. I feel like there's, um. it's kind of like the, what we were talking about earlier. It's like, do you prefer being a leader ensemble? It's so different 
Yeah. Um, I, I really do like I would love to take a break from doing a show and just being creative team for once because going in between had this kind of feel of like I didn't it's hard to manipulate the show and feel like a part of the cast and be like oh well I need this and this like I'm not receiving this like you know like making those creative adjustments while still being friends with everyone it's really nice seeing a vision come through and seeing this thing that you've thought of for so long and putting in all those hours of working on set and like design and with the actors and having an idea of how it's going to be blocked and seeing it come to life and what what the actors put into it when you're when I wasn't part of the scene we were working with other leads it's 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 really cool seeing the choices develop and then being like can you try this develop this it's great it's I couldn't choose for bright star I I did really love I loved the character Margot. She was so fun. <laughs> she's different than any character I've played before. I'm usually on like she's kind of still a princess track, but like she's different than the like I played Portia and something wrong, which is very different from Margot in my opinion. She's more like comedy. So like I or Margot is more I don't know. Like I just feel like they're kind of different. Yeah, she's and, got some depth for sure. Yeah. I like so I think I liked that. And I liked being able to do something slightly different. So I loved doing Margot. But again, it's hard to compare because this was also a special place because it was like my first big show I choreographed. So and I, I am enjoying that because I'm I'm doing I'm choreographing another show right now. And it's just something that I'm kind of like I just launched that. I just started my choreograph choreography like track. So it's kind of hard to pick to pick between the two, but I did really like character Margot. So <laughs> Yeah, shouldn't pick because as working actors in the Bay Area, you know, you gotta yeah. you gotta kind of do everything. Yeah, it should be a hard question. You should yeah. love it all. Yeah, yes. you guys are such a dynamic duo. What's your plan? We're moving um, just past April to New York. Both oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get them while you can. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I have, ticking. We have, we're doing the last five years together. There's one show I don't know if we're allowed to talk about yet. And then... Um, yeah, we're not. And then we... Something's happening in April. And then April. I'm currently choreographing The Little Mermaid for Castor Valley High School, which is Aww. so cute. So the right plan now. is go to New York and pound the pavement. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing Little Mermaid and I'm doing Adam's Family. And then... Right now. And then... I can't say what character I am, but I think I could say I'm in Rent at Berkeley Playhouse. Wow. So you guys have some great projects lined up. I think Barry will always have like a special place for us. Yeah. It's definitely something we would love. We're planning to summers. Be. Yeah. To come back like summers and do something while we're here. And Yeah. And it's so great you're going to New York together. It's, it's, I think that's yes. helpful to have the security of a that's loved it. one. Yeah. Yeah. Now we have more people to visit in New York. Yes. <laughs> Final plugs. Tommy, plug your show. Uh I it's sold out. But <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm playing I'm playing Lucas Beinecke and uh and Adam's family at Lucky Penny Productions in Napa. And Tori, what do you plug what you're doing now? Uh I'm choreographing The Little Mermaid at Castor Rally High. It opens at the end of October. You have all of our support. And hopefully you get a pull-out couch because in a few years when Keenan wants to move there, I'm just going to send him to your Yeah. <laughs> Sleep on our Maybe couch. Like, by the way, <laughs> Keenan's moving in for a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are amazing. Thank you for taking yes. the time to talk to us. Thank you. Thank this you. was so fun. Yeah. I'm so happy for you guys doing this. This is awesome. <laughs>
Okay. okay. That yes. was fun. That, that was. Tori and Tom. Yes. It's great. It has come to the time in our podcast when we yeah. have to rank the shows that we saw. Do you want me to go first this time? Yeah, we'll change it up. We'll change it up. Okay. I'm going to put Hippus Trip. Yeah. That's my third. Okay. It was well done. Just, I think, needs a lot of work. I'm then going to put Cruel Intentions. Really? Yeah. I really liked Cruel Intentions. And the mm-hmm. reason I'm putting it in my second place is because I think I'm really maxed out on jukebox musicals lately. Um, <laughs> Hippus Trip was a sort of hybrid and Cruel Intentions definitely jukebox. I, I'm i going to put Bright Stars my first because it was actually an original all piece original, of work. All original, yeah. All original music um, that I'd never seen. And I really enjoyed seeing a new piece of of theater that was not a jukebox musical. Okay. And then wait, my bonus is Kinky Boots. Really? Um, Kinky Boots yes. is one of the best things I've ever seen at Berkeley Playhouse. And it's yes. not it's not just because you're in it, Keenan, because honestly, well, Keenan has a small part. He's only on stage yeah. for five minutes. Well, that yeah, that makes sense. But I think your cast is doing a really great job. Very I've seen incredible. it twice now and they were very consistent also yes. from the first time I saw it to three weeks later. And that that's hard to do. So they're yes. doing, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. All right, Keenan, you can't rank Kiki Boots because you're biased. So ah, what are your three? Okay, I will rank Hibis Trip, number third, no common. And then I'm going to put, I'm going to put, so we were talking all about how Cruel Intentions is not a kid's show. And we didn't really get to, say, I didn't really get to say how much I liked it. So I'm going to put Cruel Intentions at number one. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So Bright Star is obviously number two. Yeah. Well, and yes. remember I told you how you couldn't see Book of Mormon because it wasn't appropriate. Well, well now yeah. I feel like now that we've seen Cruel Intentions, like Book you of Mormon, just see anything. I want to see Red. Oh. You let me see. Red. I mean, we ripped the Band-Aid off with Cruel Intentions, so he can see anything now. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> I remember when I was little too. The Who's Tommy came through San Francisco, and Gaggy and Papa wouldn't take me to see the Who's Tommy, and I was so mad. Oh, not because of, like, the content, just because... No, because of the content. There's some numbers in that that are not... I was, like, nine. But then, oddly enough, when I was 14, I ended up getting cast in it and got to do the show. So, (laughs) finally got to see what they were trying to keep me protected from. Was it bad? No. It's fine. I would take you to see it. Really? (laughs) It wasn't that bad. Okay. I'm a cool mom. If you enjoy our podcast, go follow us at Stage Notes. Stage Notes on Instagram to yes. get all the latest updates and know when we have a new episode out. Yes. But uh, thanks for your support. We're having a lot of fun, and we hope that you all are too. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye.